If you're a smoker or dipper looking to make a change, you really only need one reason to do it. But with Zen Nicotine Pouches, you can find many. Zen is America's number one nicotine pouch. It's made with only six simple ingredients. Plus, Zen is the only nicotine pouch with a 10-day hassle-free trial. There are lots of options when it comes to nicotine satisfaction, but there's only one Zen. Find your Zen online or in a store near you at zen.com slash find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. Amazing. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, your exercise, and medication decisions. All those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and a lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. Thanks, Dexcom, for being our partner. Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here. At Crime Stories, we work so hard every day to stay in touch with you and broadcast our program with the very latest crime and justice news. Crime Stories. Our friends at Sirius XM now making it even easier to get crime stories while so many of us are doing our part to stay home and stay safe. If you don't have a subscription to Sirius XM, here's your chance to listen for free. That's right, free. Just go to SiriusXM.com slash stream free. SiriusXM.com slash stream free. Go now. You can listen through your phone, your computer, your laptop, or any of your connected devices. Don't miss Crime Stories every weekday at high noon Eastern. Sirius XM Channel 111, the Triumph Channel. Free listening runs till May 15. Sirius XM, thank you for being our partner. To all of you moms, dads, grandparents, uncles, aunts, imagine your nine-year-old child goes to sleep at night on a Saturday night, but sometime in the wee early morning hours of Sunday, as you're getting up to go to church, you find out your nine-year-old girl is gone, gone from the home. You frantically search the home, the yard, the trees behind your home, the neighborhood, and finally call 911. What happened to Diana? I'm Nancy Grace. This is Crime Stories. Thank you for being with us. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. To all of you parents out there that have young children like I do, mine have just turned 12, I remember when they were nine years old. I mean, I still think of them as babies, and they remind me every day that they're not babies, and they're right. But at nine years old, you will walk up to anybody at Walmart or the grocery store. You'll wave at people on the street. You might walk up to a car. Nine years old. That's how old this little girl, Deanna 
Alvarez was when she went missing. I'm Nancy Grace. Thank you for being with us here at Crime Stories on Fox Nation and Sirius XM 111. Children go missing every day in our country, our America, not some third world nation where you may think they don't have adequate police forces. Here, they go missing and they are murdered every day. This little girl, Diane Alvarez, goes missing. What happened? Take a listen now to our friends at WPEC, CBS 12. Right now, the search is on for a missing nine-year-old girl in Fort Myers in that area. Stop what you're doing. Take a good look at this picture here. Diana Alvarez was last seen wearing a short sleeve shirt and shorts. She has a black hair and brown eyes. If you know anything, if you see her, please call the police immediately. Guys, you are hearing news anchor Eric Robbie. The moment that Diana Alvarez goes missing, just nine years old, with me, an all-star panel led by our special guest, my longtime friend and colleague, Mark Class, founder of Class Kids Foundation. He devoted his life to finding missing people, specifically children, after his girl, Polly, was abducted and killed. Also with me, renowned criminal defense attorney out of the L.A. area, Troy Slayton. Bobby Chicone, former special agent with the FBI, screenwriter, Criminal Minds. Professor of Forensics, Jacksonville State University, author of Blood Beneath My Feet on Amazon, Joseph Scott Morgan. Psychiatrist joining me from the Atlanta jurisdiction, Dr. Angela Arnold. And first, to lead news anchor Orlando's Morning News, WDBO, Ray Caputo. Ray, at the beginning, where do we think Angela was last seen before she went missing? At a shopping mall, grocery store, playground, where? Well, a little Diana, Nancy, that's what we're talking about. Um, she was last seen in San Carlos Park. That's southwest Florida. It's in the, the Fort Myers area. I know there's a lot of farming down there. And she was seen in her own house. She was just like any other family going to bed at night. You know, you, you get your ducks in a row. The kids brush their teeth. Little Diana, she goes off to bed. And it's, you know, not hours later that mom and dad noticed that, that something is, is not right when they can't find her. Wait a minute, let me understand this. You started off talking about, I thought you said, San Carlos Park, but you're saying she was at her home when she was last seen alive, at night, getting ready for bed. Is that right, Ray Caputo, WDBO? Right, San Carlos Park, my understanding is like the community, not an ah. actual park. But yeah, she, she's, in her, she's in her home, Nancy, just like any other child getting ready for bed, any other nine-year-old child. You know, probably has her pajamas on, maybe watching her tablet or her phone or doing, you know, and it was that innocuous that she was in her room and, and, and that was it. That was the last time Diana was Because, seen. you know, uh, when you said San Carlo Park, I thought you meant a part, but San Carlo Park is actually a part of Fort Myers, Florida, as Brooklyn is a part of New York. It's a borough of New York City, uh, New York, and uh, or um Buckhead is a part of Atlanta, Hollywood, a part of L.A. That's what you mean by San Carlo Park, not that she was in a park. Mark Class, founder of Class Kids Foundation. Mark, this is a whole nother animal. When you're talking about a child missing from 
school like Kyron Horman or uh, leaving school, or as you've pointed out to me so many times, Mark, and you're right, the huge percentage of children that go missing en route to the bus stop or en route to school and home. Major, major hotspot for child abductions. When a child is taken from their own home, like Elizabeth Smart or Haley Cummings, that's a whole nother psychopathy, Mark Class. Explain. Well, there are approximately 2,100 children reported missing in the United States on a daily basis. But Whoa, wait, wait, wait. Hmm? I know everybody gets mad when I interrupt. I've just got to let that soak in for a moment. 2,100 children go missing every day in the United States, in our country, with the best police forces, the FBI, in the world. 2,100 children go missing every day in the U.S. And this little nine-year-old girl, Diana, is one of them. Sorry, Mark. I just had to let that sink in, what you just said. Go ahead. Sure. And actually, to get back to what you said about school, about a third of predatory abduction attempts occur on school routes. Um, and, and I think that's something that really needs to sink into people as well. Now, the vast majority of these children that are reported missing are recovered or found uh, within a, a very short amount of time. But alive. Diana, alive, of course. But Diana, Praise like God. Elizabeth Smart, like Haley Cummings, like my daughter Polly, was taken from her home. And that then hopefully will narrow the population of potential suspects down to people who might have some knowledge of that home. I mean, just think about somebody breaking into your home and being able to be quiet enough to get into a little girl's bedroom and take that little oh, girl. H E No, I've got this place so tricked out. If I breathe, an alarm goes off. Now, <laughs> I've been there, since- I know. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was a dear memory for me for you to be in our home and to meet my children, Mark Class. Mark, um, I want to go back, and you're saying so much, it's like drinking from the fire hydrant, that I want to focus on, because when you have a home kidnap, that's somebody you're saying is familiar with the home that can come in undetected, get the child, and leave. Now, wait a minute. You've got Elizabeth Smart, perfect example her mother and father were kind enough to give a day laborer a job, help him get back on his feet. He had a knowledge of the home. He took Elizabeth. May he rot in hell. Then you've got somebody like Isabella Solis. Remember her, Mark Class? And I sure it do was out of right. Uh, I believe an acquaintance of the family had been in the home before. So I'm giving examples to support what you're saying. Now, tell me more of your thoughts, Mark Class, about when a child goes missing from the home. Well, it's not a done deal that it's somebody that knows the home and knows the family because obviously the person that stole my daughter, Polly, had never been in that home before and had only uh, uh, been stalking her and, and, and just made a bold move and came in and got her. But it does hopefully narrow down that population to individuals who may be familiar with the home in one way or another. And, and that's a, a good starting point. I mean, that's something for law enforcement then to be able to take and pursue the possible suspects. 
Your tax refund belongs to you, not an identity thief. Over $6 billion in tax refunds were flagged by the IRS for possible identity theft in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. LifeLock monitors and alerts you to identity threats you may miss on your own, even if you're careful with your personal information. And if you do become the victim of tax-related identity fraud, LifeLock has U.S.-based restoration specialists ready to help solve your identity theft issues. Plus, all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package, meaning LifeLock will reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Let LifeLock help you protect your financial information so all you have to worry about is what to do with your tax refund. Go to LifeLock.com iHeart and save up to 25% your first year. That's 25% off at LifeLock.com iHeart. Identity theft protection starts here. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Guys, we're talking about a missing girl, Diana Alvarez, who goes missing from her own home. And again, thank you for being with us here at Fox Nation and Sirius XM 111 as we delve into the disappearance of this nine-year-old little girl with me an all-star panel right now take a listen to our friends at wftx fox 4 this is stephanie tunoco detectives knocking going door to door trying to get more information now i also spoke to the family just moments ago and they tell me they're going to have a search with friends and family and that's going to be happening later tonight on at seven o'clock they're actually going to be searching the wooded area behind the house that's where they're going to start and they're also going to be looking uh, at uh, grocery stores and gas stations along i-75 they just want answers to this mysterious disappearance with every click, every view, and every share on social media, Nancy Martinez hopes someone will spot her nine-year-old niece and bring her back to her family. We haven't been able to get any sleep whatsoever. Um, we've been up all night thinking of what we can possibly do to help. Diana Alvarez was home early Sunday morning before she went missing. When the family woke up for church, they noticed she was gone. Her aunt is sure her niece didn't run away. If you're a runaway, the first, your first instinct is to grab some, you know, clothes, put it in a bag and, you know, set out. But she didn't take water. She didn't take anything. This little girl goes missing on an early, early wee hours of a Sunday morning from her own home. And just hearing that from WFTX Fox 4, I learned a lot. I learned that they live in the suburbs. I learned that there's a wooded area behind their home, which opens up a whole plethora of possibilities. I've been looking at Fort Myers, a Fort Myers County seat, commercial center of Lee County, Florida, U.S., and all the way back in 2010, there was 62,000 people there. I'm sure that that has probably doubled by now to around 90 to 100,000. Fort Myers gateway to southwest Florida region, major tourist destination. And it's right there on I-75, which goes from Florida 
all the way to New York City. That means to you, Bobby Chacon, FBI former special agent, that if somebody has her in the car, they're going at least 60 MPH up I-75. That's how fast you can get away with a child in your car if the child's disabled. That's right. And, and I've traveled that route from Atlanta where I used to go to college to Tampa where I used to live. And, you know, that's why it's important to get a, an Amber Alert out. That's why we have that system. And you try to get information out to the public as quick as possible where there's a transit system like a highway or something like that that makes it easier for someone to take a child and, and get away from that area as quick as possible. And so, you know, I remember traveling I-75 on that route and, and seeing Amber Alerts and, and things. So I think you I think it's imperative. And that's why the system has been created and exists now. Um, because of exactly the situation that you described. To Joseph Scott Morgan, Professor of Forensics, Jacksonville State University, and author of Blood Beneath My Feet on Amazon. Joe Scott, when you've got a kidnap from the home, you've got to look at all sorts of forensic evidence. We know she didn't take anything with her, which tells me she was not a runaway. I don't know, and I'm circling back to Mark on this in a moment, why every time a child goes missing, we just saw it in Gannon Stalk, first thing, they're a runaway. They're not runaways. I have had so many knock-down drag-outs with police for labeling a missing child as a runaway, but that's a whole other can of worms. Joseph Scott Morgan, forensics at the home. What do you do? What are you looking for? I like to talk about screens, window screens where people open their windows and there's a window screen there. You can tell by looking at the screen if whether it was cut from the outside or from the inside out, which means it's staged. I mean, you've got to look for so many things, Joe Scott. Yeah, you do. And you're kind of walking around blind. The first, you know, your your central thesis or your central uh, of, uh, thought in this whole thing is that uh, you've got a missing child and you have no idea where they are. So you have to look at clues for clues at the scene. In this particular case, you'd want to look for points of entry. You know, how, how did someone get, you know, this is our most precious possession that we have or our children. And so how would an individual be able to get access to a child in their home? Uh, did they come in through a window, as you talked about? Uh, did Was a, a screen clipped? Uh, did they tear it away and then open the, open the window? Was the glass knocked in? Was it knocked out? Is it staged? Uh, also, were there forced entry like tool marks on the doors to see if someone had pried their way into this area? And I think finally, and probably one of the most ghastly things that we have to think about, is there a sign of struggle? Is there, is there some evidence at the scene where maybe we have blood evidence or something like this to show that maybe she put up a fight at that point in time before she left? I'm looking at this little girl's picture and she looks like she's in front of a softball field or something of that sort. She's got the biggest, most beautiful smile and the, her hair is long, dark brown. She's got it in a side pony coming down and cute little pierced ears, earrings in, just gorgeous child with the world in front of her. And I, I don't understand the thinking behind someone that would creep into a family's home as they are all asleep in the wee hours of a Sunday morning and take a nine-year-old little girl. It happened in Elizabeth Smart. It happened with Mark Class' daughter, Polly. 
and now to Diana Alvarez. So, Mark Class, circling back to you, weigh in. Well, there's a sexual component involved always when an adult man, and we assume that this is going to be an adult man, steals a little girl. They've got some kind of a, a fixation on them, and they 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 want to possess them they want to have them and they want no one else to have them it's 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 sick it's perverted um and at its core it's, it's absolutely evil and evil comes unfortunately in many forms you know you said something interesting again mark class someone fixated on a nine-year-old girl just let me just take that between this panel every phrase is full of evidentiary value to Dr. Angela Arnold, well-known psychiatrist in the Atlanta area. Dr. Arnold, what mind adult male, and I'm saying a male, it could of course be a woman, but uh, staggeringly, uh, statistically, it's a man. What mindset would have a fixation, an adult male on a nine-year-old little girl that doesn't even wear a bra, hasn't even hit puberty for Pete's sake. Well, unfortunately, I, th- I think that we, first of all, Nancy, males are statistically the perpetrators of sexual abuse. Okay. That's known across, that's known across lines. We did a lot of uh, research on abuse and sexual abuse when I was at Emory University. And Unfortunately, knowing that these these people do not have the same kind of minds that we do, they're they're sick, they're pedophiles, and so that's why they can look at a small child and have some sort of sexual pleasure from that person, and that's why you I won't you have to be very careful who your children are around, don't you? Oh, you're sending a chill down my spine. I'm thinking back as fast as I can about every teacher, every scout leader, every piano instructor that have ever been around the children. It's Troy Slayton, famous criminal defense lawyer, joining me from L.A., uh, famous because he gets a lot of his clients off the hook. Troy Slayton, I know you're going to hate this because it involves a lot of your clients, but the first thing the cops do is you can look at crime online and find it. Who are the known sex offenders, the registered sex offenders in that zip code? That's the first place the cops are going to look when a child is taken out of the home. I bet that burns you up that your clients are always looked at first. Well, just because somebody committed a crime at one point doesn't mean that they're the uh, offender in another crime. But I think that all the experts really put their finger on the nose of this case. This is a sickness, and it's not always about getting the, the uh, suspect or the defendant in a case off, but oftentimes my job is to find mitigating circumstances. And for somebody, for an adult male, to ha- become sexually fixated on an eight- or nine-year-old prepubescent girl, that's not somebody who's of normal and sound mind. That is somebody who is suffering from a sickness where uh, that could play into uh, mitigation, meaning something, something that goes against the aggravating factors that would lead toward uh, a more serious 
penalty in a case. Never a dull moment with Troy Slayton. I noticed you just you just were that close to saying whoever did this should get treatment, not jail time. I'm glad you didn't throw me into chest pains with that. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. For those of you just joining us, we're talking about the disappearance of a nine-year-old little girl, Diana Alvarez, taken from her home. Take a listen now to WBBH NBC2, Terry Hornstein. The home here still taped off with crime scene tape more than 48 hours since Diana Alvarez was last seen. Her stepfather saying today, a group will go out and search for her once again on ATVs. Several law enforcement agencies have been out here searching for this girl. There have been canine units out here. Even some law enforcement from Collier County came up to help look for this girl. Detectives with the Lee County Sheriff's Office are calling the home here on Unique Circle a crime scene right now. Diana's stepfather did tell us he was questioned by investigators, but he says he had nothing to do with her disappearance and he's worried about her being out there all alone at night in the dark. Because I was still waiting for yesterday, all night, today morning, all day, and I'm still here. No answers, nothing. It's hard for me because I think all the time, I know they start getting more dark, more dark. No answers, nothing. You are hearing our friends at WBBH NBC2. Of course, police look first at the family and male members in the family when a child goes missing from the home. The stepfather living there in the home didn't go on the run, submitted to DNA. Um, That's what we know now. But the family and neighbors beginning to blame each other. Take a listen at W, take a listen to WFXT Fox News, Adam Pinsker. The police tape is down, but the investigation is still very active into what happened to this nine-year-old girl. I talked to one neighbor who said he was interviewed by federal agents from the Department of Homeland Security. He knows Diana. He wants to help 
find her, so he offered some DNA to those deputies. Meantime, the family is torn apart over Diana's disappearance. Family members separate Diana Alvarez's stepfather and stepmother from an explosive argument, blaming each other over how nine-year-old Diana disappeared early Sunday morning from this home on Unique Circle in San Carlos Park. You are hearing our friends at WFTX as neighbors, family all began fighting with each other, blaming each other as DNA tests are done throughout the neighborhood. This little girl goes missing. Now we've learned a lot already just by listening to experts. We know it's a male. We know it's someone that had an obsession or fixated on the nine-year-old girl, which means it's someone that's been around the girl or who has had an opportunity to watch her, to observe her. Who could that be? At a ballpark, at the school, at their church, in their neighborhood, someone that sees the child and covets and wants the child and someone familiar with the home. So where do you start, Mark Class? As you know, at the time of the search, this child could be going 60 miles further away every hour, Mark Class. And the grim statistics. A mile a minute, that's how fast your child can disappear. You're absolutely correct. It's about the grimmest statistic you could almost come up with. What, what they, well, they do what, exactly what they're doing, law enforcement. First of all, they brought in federal authorities. And I think that's very important because federal authorities have much more resource and much more knowledge of these types of situations than locals do. But then you talk to the stepfather, you talk to the individuals that live in the house, you talk to other family members, you talk to neighbors, you do exactly as you said and investigate the registered sex offenders within the community. But then you've also got delivery people. I mean, everybody's getting things delivered anymore uh, at their home. You've got utility people, you've got all kinds of people that could exist within in, in with, within that, that little universe. But then I think the thing that I'd like to just mention quickly is the family itself how they've got to be completely reeling that this stepfather and the mother have always told this little girl that they will be there for her and they will protect her and all of a sudden somebody comes into the house and takes her and it proves that they were wrong can you imagine the kind of guilt that's involved in that trying to reconcile yourself to the fact that you said you would do something you told a child you would do something and then you were unable to do it it's just the beginning of a nightmare that that goes on and on and on until you get some kind of resolution. And it gets no easier. It gets much more difficult day after day after day as the bitter truth finally sinks in as to what's happened here. Mark Class, what is the statistic that you told me about? You told me first that the hours that pass, each hour that passes once a child is abducted, the likelihood that they will be murdered? Uh, 73% of children that are going to be murdered as a result of an abduction will be dead within the first three hours. That's the statistic. Another staggering statistic to just sink in. 2,100 children missing each day in America. After three hours, 73% of those in stranger abductions are dead. 73% have been typically raped and murdered in the first three hours hours. Guys, we are talking about the disappearance of a nine-year-old little girl. Practically no stations picked up on her disappearance. 
and I'm listening to something that the family, the extended family, screamed out. They said they should have been paying more attention to her. What does that mean? They should have been paying more attention to her. To Dr. Angela Arnold, psychiatrist joining us at the Atlanta jurisdiction, something that Mark Class just said, the overwhelming guilt that specifically the mother, her biological mother, must feel that her nine-year-old daughter goes missing under her watch, under her roof. But Nancy, why, what were people observing that they felt like this child should have been having more attention paid to her. That's very curious that that would be the first thing out of out of You're right. Mouth. And that is a big telltale sign to me. Go go ahead, Angela. And why do they start why they why the family members start fighting with each other all of a sudden? You would think that people would pull together instead of fight with each other over her disappearance, right? You'd think You'd think, but the level of blame that's going around, the bio dad doesn't live there, so he probably feels guilty. The stepfather is under suspicion because he's a male in the home. Uh, then you've got the mother. The child goes missing on her watch. And then after nine days, a major break in the case, or is it? Take a listen to WFTX Fox 4, Samantha Sosa. Nine days later and still no sign of nine-year-old Diana Alvarez, even after investigators arrested a person of interest. 28-year-old Jorge Guerrero sits in the Lee County Jail after police picked him up in Okeechobee Saturday. He was transferred to Lee County this morning where he's now charged with having child porn. Diana's family not knowing what to make of the charge. We don't want to imagine worst case scenario. Again, we want to try, try to stay positive. Although Guerrero hasn't been charged with kidnapping, court documents reveal police tracked his phone to the area where Diana's home is in the hours she went missing. Police then tracked the cell phone to Central Florida, where it was stationary for several hours and then ditched along a road in Orlando. Diana's family is devastated and desperate at this point for answers that will lead them to Diana. Her very pregnant mother doesn't even want to go to the hospital until she sees her daughter. At this point, she's having difficulties. She's been ordered bed rest. The family pushing to keep Diana's pictures circulating. Police say tips and leads have been helpful in this case. So suddenly, this guy, Guerrero's, arrested on child porn. And his phone is tracked from around Diana's home all the way to central Florida where the phone is ditched. I'm Antonia Blythe and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's like very of all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. Oh. <laughs> 
I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. Oh, my friends love it. I love that it's KidSafe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. We are talking about the disappearance of a nine-year-old little girl, Diana Alvarez. So, Troy Slayton, you're the renowned criminal defense attorney. Why would a guy just throw a cell phone out the window and leave it? Why? I wouldn't. Doesn't sound good, Nancy. And neither does the fact that he was possessing uh, child pornography. And... So, uh, but what do you do with facts. that at trial, Troy Slayton? What do you do when your client, coincidentally, the same day this little girl goes missing, ditches his cell phone? Why would you throw away your own cell phone? You got to come up with an explanation for a jury. Uh, it fell out the window accidentally. I'm so glad uh, you said you that. You were trying to text and it was hanging out the window and then the uh, wind caught it. Uh, but Nancy, no, seriously, um, obviously uh, ditching a cell phone on purpose, just like running from the police, is, shows consciousness of guilt. And uh, I think that in, in a case like this, uh, where there is child pornography, obviously this is somebody that is suffering from uh, a, a medical condition. Uh, Will you stop with the medical condition? It's a felony. You call it a medical condition. I call it one of the worst felonies that exist. Child it's porn. It's a sickness, Nancy. It's for a somebody, sickness that can best for, be treated behind bars. Well, they're possibly behind bars, but also uh, intense psychotherapy and psychological treatment. Behind for bars. For somebody who is, who is that uh, sick, Nancy. Uh, Tere Caputo, lead news anchor, joining me with Orlando's Morning News, WDBO. What, if any, connection is there between this guy, Guerrero, and the Alvarez family? Well, Nancy, like Mark Class said a bit ago, uh, the first thing that investigators do is they start drilling down on the immediate family. So they talk to the mom, the stepdad. They're really distraught. And what they learn is that Jorge Guerrero Torres had been staying with the family while he was looking for work. I believe he was a migrant worker and he wanted a job. Wait, 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 wait. Just in a nutshell, he had been allowed to live in the home? Yes, he had been allowed to live in the home while he was looking for work. Oh, Mark Class. Mark, Mark. I remember a case, and it started out as a murder case, and the sister the adult sister of the victim would come to court every day. And I got to know her and the rest of the victim's family. And over the course of this very long trial, as I was prosecuting during the day and she would sit in the back, I got to know her. And I learned that out of her big family, many children, her father molested her. Nobody but her. And the mother knew 
about it. And all these years later, she was still, as she should have been, torn up. And I saw the father come into court watching the murder trial. His son had been murdered. And I could barely stand to look at him because I believed what the now adult daughter was telling me. And she blamed the mother just as much as she blamed the father. And I think she's right. If the mother knew what was going on, first of all, I'm not saying this mother knew. And Diana Alvarez, I'm just saying that's my memory of another case. Bringing somebody that's a child pornographer into the home and letting them stay there? Well, that explains why the family members were fighting almost immediately after her disappearance. Those other family members were saying, you should have watched her more carefully. Why did you allow that man to stay in the house? Didn't you see her behavior? Perhaps she had changed? I don't know, but it sure is pointing in that direction, Nancy. Take a listen to Cut 11 WFTX Fox for Chris Shaw. Diana's parents were here for the hearing today. In fact, they come to pretty much all of Guerrero's court appearances. They left today like they leave most of the time, discouraged that as the wheels of justice slowly turn on this case, they are no closer to getting the answer they desperately need. Plenty of things happened in federal court Monday morning, but the family of Diana Alvarez walked away feeling like nothing has really changed. We still, they still don't have nothing about Diana. So we're still looking for somebody that they know something or any new. It's been more than two months since the nine-year-old vanished from her San Carlos Park home. Guys, we are hearing the parents speaking and then a bombshell that cracks the case wide open. We learn that during the search for Diana, police speak to Guerrero and he admits he admits he, quote, made sexual contact with Diana when she was only eight years old on a regular basis. So this has been going on right under the noses of the family in the home because they allow this guy to stay under their roof. Do I have it correctly out to Ray Caputo, WDBO? Yeah, Nancy, you do, but, but when they figure out that there's this inappropriate relationship going on, apparently they don't call the police. They, they just throw Jorge Carrera Torres out. So that's how he got out of the home. But to my understanding, police were never called when he oh. was apparently having sexual contact with this eight-year-old. Oh. My suspicion is is that maybe there was some worry over immigration. Oh, wait a minute. Just a minute before you start. I want to stick with what we're talking about right now. To Joseph Scott Morgan, professor of forensics, it's really hard for me to believe that there has been regular sex contact with an eight-year-old child and no, in the home and nobody notices anything. Yeah, in most cases where you have the sexual abuse that's ongoing, You'll see drastic changes in the victim, particularly a child like this. You'll have everything from uh, uh, bedwetting. You'll have uh, children whose appetites will diminish. Uh, you'll see uh, particularly uh, where they're not paying attention to their own personal hygiene. These are some things that, that manifest themselves that give us evidentiary clues as to ongoing behavior. And also, if they are exhibiting fear, 
uh, fear when they're in the presence. So how can a family not be attuned to this sort of thing? This is what we know at this juncture. Uh, our cut 15, Jackie, take a listen to Wink, W-I-N-K, news reporter Annika Henanger. At times she couldn't speak. The news about her daughter so painful. When we spoke, she still had to tell Diana's five brothers and sisters the news, and she told us they still held on to hope that Diana would come home. A mom with what she has left of her daughter, not nearly enough. Memories and pictures. I have to go without a birthday, another year without a birthday. After nearly four long years of searching for Diana Alvarez, today her mom, Rita Hernandez, learned investigators found her daughter's remains. I don't wish this upon anybody, on nobody, because it wasn't her fault. The painful discovery in Osceola County, where the Lee County Sheriff's Office says surveyors stumbled upon the remains. The only suspect in Diana's disappearance from her San Carlos Park home in 2016 is Jorge Guerrero Torres. While he already faces murder charges in her death, prosecutors now have further evidence of the crime. But what she suffered and what she lived in those moments, I don't wish that upon anybody. To Mark Class, do you remember the moment, and I know you do, that you learned Polly had been murdered? You know, I, I, I do, Nancy, and it was just probably the saddest thing that ever happened in my life. I was called into the uh, Petaluma Police Department, probably for the uh, second time in that day. Um, and they told me that there was an update. Uh, Polly's mom was there. My wife, Violet, was there. Um, when we walked into the office, there were already tears in the eyes of the FBI agent and the local police captain. And it was just a matter of them telling me what had happened. And it's funny because intellectually, I understood exactly what he said, but it took me maybe three or four hours before my emotions caught up with that unbelievable revelation. And it was only then, hours later, once we had finally returned home for the first time in 65 days, that the enormity of the situation revealed itself to me and my heart absolutely shattered. And it took me a decade, at least a decade, to be able to take those little shards of heart and put them back together and be able to enjoy life again. It's just the most devastating, horrifying news one could ever expect to hear. But having said that, Nancy, I'm in a better place knowing than Mrs. Alvarez was not knowing for those four years. We now wait as justice unfolds. Nancy Grace, Crime Story, signing off. Goodbye, friend. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. 
Welcome, Allison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very slow. all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. (laughs) Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Allison. Thank you. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.